All right, happy Halloween, everybody. It's Dr. Zeno, welcome to Hero Fuel. We're just in a few minutes today, we'll fuel your mind, your body, and your future. So today we're gonna go over, can you influence the belief of somebody else with your desire for their good? Okay, let me say that again. Can you influence the belief of somebody else with your desire for their good? You're using your desire for their good, right? Was that it? Can you, can you influence their belief with your desires for their good, right? Because there's so many people out there, especially, and then like working in the health profession, there's so many people that you see, you know they could be healthy, but they don't believe they could get well. They don't believe they could do it. And you see their truth, you know, right? I mean, like even biblically, like Christ saw the truth of people. He saw people for who they were holy. He didn't see them for their insecurities. He didn't see there for their limited belief systems. He didn't see them with the scars they thought they had. So, you know, when you see the truth in people and you see the greatness in people and they, can you, uh, can you influence that through your desire? Because a lot of times, you know, when it comes to a belief, what is a belief? A belief, it's not really even factual, believe it or not, right? No pun, pun intended there. A belief is just a thought that you have over and over again. That's all a belief is. It's a thought you continue to have over and over again, and that creates a belief. That's really what a belief is. It's not necessarily a law, and it's not necessarily a fact. So when someone believes they cannot do something, they cannot be successful, they have negative belief systems, and you know that to be untrue, and how many times have like people are like, I wish they would just see that in themselves, and this and that. Can your desire for their goodness influence their belief? And the answer is yes. Uh, do you want to get sick over it? No. But understand that if you could continue to speak life and truth and um, not enable their, their delusional, um, you know, when someone speaks, you know, when, when someone speaks, uh, you know, the, the falsehood over their life, like you don't, like when they try to go there, you don't even really go there, right? You just refuse to speak to the, the lie and you can influence them. And there's three main ways to do it. So here's the three ways it happens. Here's the formula. Number one, you have to mix faith with your desire to see them normal. You have to mix faith like this person, this person, I mean, this person will see themselves normal. I see this person as normal. And really, it's really for you first. Like you see that person, for me, what I mean by normal is I see that person healthy. No matter what they come with in my office, I see them whole, period. In fact, I have a sign on top that's hanging in my office that says, I am dot, 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 healing. Because I want people, when they read it, I am healing, they're proclaiming they am healing. So I see them for what that is. I don't see them with their disease, when they tell me they have their pain, when they have whatever the heck that they're claiming, I don't even acknowledge it. I just, you know, instead of looking for the bad, I'm looking for the good, and I speak to, I speak to the whole person. I speak to the person, the truth of the whole person, the wholeness of the whole person, the, 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 the hero of the whole person, basically. Now, if I continue to do that and I don't slip up and I continue, and I continue to have faith and uh, desire to see that person whole, meaning that I could see someone hunched over, crippled on eight different medications, but when I see them, I could see them standing upright, smiling, running, dancing, laughing because they're having a good time, right? See, like I could envision them whole. And if I fix that, if I just envision that person like that every time I see them and I speak to that, that is based, I'm using my analogies, that's what I do, my, that's mixing faith and desire. And that's why I believe I have so much success. And I'm gonna really lay some things on the line 
uh, to a lot of, if docs are watching or people are watching, why I have, uh, I think it's not a secret, but it's really, I think it's one of the, 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 uh, the, the big parts of my success, why people get results when I touch them and see them and uh, they don't other places. And this is part of it. So I see them whole. Now I don't see them whole. I literally see and feel them whole. I see them dancing. I see them happy. I see them laughing. I see them like the person with the, the, the crooked shoulder. I see them playing uh, baseball with their kids. Like, like I literally see it. And remember we talked about envision. I envision it till I get a visceral response. I see it. It's real. And over and over again, when you talk to that person or something like that, like you only see the truth of that person. And I'll tell you a great story that proves this. Um, and then the second part of it is this, you need to transmute that to them every single time you see them over and over and over and over again. So now you need repetition. So it's not, you know, doing it once in a while or once in a phone call or hit or miss, that's not going to do it. You need to let that person know the truth of their wholeness, their potential and how you see them in their wholeness versus the old story them telling them all the time, like all the time. And no matter how long it takes, it could be years, it could be decades. So that's why there's no time limit on this. Like you only see them one way. And then the third factor, and this is when it happens for the person, that person starts to believe you. And when they believe you about what you see and know about them, that means they believed in themselves and that's where change happens. So again, the three areas is, you mix faith and your desire to see that person whole or well or whatever that good desire you have for that person because they're living this old story. A lot of people become victims and their significance isn't being in the victim. So they're playing an old story. They're believing a thought over and over again. So you, want, you, you desire it because you know what they could be. So you speak with faith and desire and faith is just, you know, just action basically. And you tell them that over and over and over again over and over and over again. So when I see my patients, they're like, Doc, just say, oh, my back's a little sore today. Yeah, but it, uh, you know, they'll say, hey, my back still hurts, but I'm better. And I go, hey, you're better. Like, I don't acknowledge, I don't acknowledge the old story. I acknowledge the future tense. I, I acknowledge the future person. Joe Dispenza says, for you to become a different person, you literally, uh, and a different being, you need to actually change the story and the common communication that's going on in your mind, otherwise you're living Groundhog Day. So their, their, their thought pattern must change and I don't support the negative thought pattern. I had a patient leave because she said I had bad bedside manner because I didn't, I didn't listen to their lie. You know, they would claim a lie about themselves and I made out I was deaf. Like I don't, I go deaf because I don't acknowledge it. Someone will speak their stuff or maybe they're speaking stuff to me to get to, to get significance and attention from being a victim. And I don't even acknowledge it because I'm not going to enable it. I just speak the truth into them. I tell them what they say. I see them what they could, I see them what they should be and what they can be. And I believe it. First thing is I believe it. And then I transduce that to, you know, I transmute that to them. Every time I see them, I communicate that with them. Every time I see them, every time I don't quit. I don't, I don't budge. Um, I don't, uh, it's a hundred percent. And then the final part, which is their healing or their, tra or their transformation is they believe me. They believed my faith in them. They believed what I saw in them. And that allows themselves to give themselves permission to then believe the truth. And their, their hero is then, uh, their hero rises. 
And that's what it is. So I'm kind of a guide, but it takes work on your part. So if there's this person, so it's not like you want to change people. It's not about manipulating and changing people, but this is speaking truth to people who believed a lie for the majority of their life. And so the story, uh, the, the story of this that goes perfect is Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich. His son was born without ears, no ears, like no ears. Not only was born without ears, but they operated, they just cut open here. He didn't have a hole, he didn't have, even have a hole going into his brain. So he had no auditory nerve, no, no nerves, no auditory nerves, no hole, no hole, no apparatus. The doctor said he had no equipment or apparatus for hearing. And Napoleon Hill and his wife, he's like, listen, my son is going to be normal. And he spoke life into his son. He's like, listen, um, you know, he would tell him, even as a baby, even though the, he, you know, he says, I didn't care if he heard me. He, he would always tell him that this, this, this uh, situation is going to be to his advantage. Um, you know, he's going to be, uh, people are going to feel bad for him, so they're going to give him more favor. Uh, people will give him special attention. People will spend more time with him, right? So he's like, look at all these advantages my son's going to have because he has no ears. Um, he went on and on, like, and he just spoke it to him. And the kid grew up, and he, all he did was speak uh, to his son. So you're like, how, how do you speak to his son? He had no ears. Well, when he was about two years old or three years old, two years old, I think, they had a record player. And they would see his son would bite the table of the record player and stay there for hours. He's like, what's he doing? And he would bite it. And he would bite it because his son learned, because he didn't have ears, how conduction, right? So he, his son would hear things through conduction. And he's like, wow, so my son is actually sensing or conducting the music. So they found out, wow, he's actually adapting. And then he realized his son could actually hear them if they put their mouth up to his skull. And when they spoke into his skull, it was the vibration. So his son started to interpret the vibration of the words that came out of his parents' mouth. So the, when they spoke on his skull, the vibration of the skull, the son started to understand that language, whatever that was. Uh, Napoleon Hill and his wife refused to teach their son Braille because they said if he, he's, not, he's not handicapped. We refused to teach him Braille. We refused to put him in a school for the special or needy people. He will not be in the school for the special people. He will not ride the short bus. He will be in normal school in front of normal teachers. And teachers, they fought them and they fought them. He's like, nope, there's nothing wrong with my son. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing wrong with my son. In fact, my son has an advantage over his older brother who could hear perfectly. My son will get better treatment because of what's going on. And then, you know, and so he's, he's always spoke this in his son. And then one day, you know, they tried different hearing aids. It didn't work. Then one day um, they found a, you know, a, a, an experimental hearing aid that used conduction and for the first time, and he was probably a teenager, he heard perfectly, you know? And, uh, but he, you know, had a business. So his son went and he became the number one salesperson for this hearing aid company because he says, listen, what a better person to tell and sell your product than someone who has no ears. So, uh, right? So he, when he became a multi, 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 multi-millionaire, uh, his son, by being the head of this, this company for hearing aids and really helping thousands of people hear. But the thing is, Napoleon Hill, like his son never believed he was a mute. His son never believed, his son knew he was different, but the difference was an advantage. So see, Napoleon Hill had a massive amounts of faith and desire, the desire to see his son normal. That was just his, he said, God, my faith is that my son is normal or live a normal life. And Napoleon held to that. 
He spoke that into his son or vibrated into his, his son, never put, never allowed his son to be a victim or in a situation of special needs. He says, nope, there's nothing wrong with him. His son believed him and his son believing him allowed his son to adopt the belief and the confidence saying, yeah, there's nothing wrong with me. In fact, not only is there nothing wrong with me, but I'm actually advanced. I'm actually have the advantage over somebody else. And, um, his son became an amazing business person, just like his father's book has helped hundreds of millions of people around the world. So the three things, can your desire for the good of others, can you use faith, can your desire for the good of others influence someone's belief? Yes, they can, they can. Not to manipulate, but it's all in seeing the truth in that person. So see the truth in that person, um, and if, you, if you're out there and you're teachers or you see kids that have been abused, or you see people that have, went through tough times and they're in that, you know, they're believing a lie. You just speak life into them. Not like your mom saying you're handsome or you're pretty. It's a different when it's truly like seeing it and seeing when they walk in, when someone walks in, I, I see, I see them, but then I see them in their wholeness and then speak to them as their wholeness. And eventually when that person believes you, then they'll give themselves permission. Sometimes they need that little bit of um, support by someone else. Then they'll give themselves permission to go and allow their hero to rise. And then some will not, right? We know that happens. But even if that person does it, there is zero, there is zero harm for you to speak into people for which you truly see them to be. That's it. So uh, do your best on doing that and you'll make a huge difference in the life of others. And you bring value to people and you feel good about it because you get in the habit of seeing truth in people. And then there's some people that when they refuse to change, they refuse to change. But how about the one person that you do help? Well, hopefully that blessed you guys and uh, you know, this will take you to a new level. Uh, oh yeah, and, and uh, I'll tell you, so here's my secret. Um, I do that in my office and I adjust people and people say I have the best adjustments and I came back for that and I believe I do. I could say that confidently. I think I'm a great adjuster, it's my gift. But is that always the thing that heals people? I don't know. I see the healing in my office happens from a couple things. Either A, I am a healer, right? That's option one. Option two, chiropractic totally works, which I believe as well. And option three, they believe in my confidence in them healing so much that they heal, right? So it's one of those three, but regardless, as long as they get better, I don't care which one it is. So um, I think that's my secret sauce in practice. And it's not something you could tact tactfully do, or it's not a tactic. It's gotta be an emotional thing to get to. Um, but I think a lot of the healing in my office comes from not necessarily the adjustment. I think it comes from what I just went over. And it's something, it just, it is. I don't, I can't train you on it. I just, that's what it is. I can't, you can't fake it. It just is. So hopefully this brought you some good stuff. Please share this, go to um, Iamhero.com forward slash secrets. There's other some, I got some other hero secret sauce for you guys. And uh, you can get that, that's free on me, all right? It's a gift to you guys. And there's also other courses on there, uh, you know, low price courses that you could apply to your life. They're one month master classes, check them out. The I'm Hero Project will be released, hopefully, in the next six to eight weeks. Uh, finally got the, I'm gonna film the webinar, and uh, then I'll get that going. So look for that soon. Uh, if you guys, if you guys know anybody uh, that are suffering from digestive issues like Crohn's or colitis, I just came out with the uh, Conquering Crohn's and Colitis course. 
It's amazing. I've not lost one person. It's exactly how I beat it. And I help hundreds, if not thousands of people around the world with that. So I actually made a digital course so I could help people around the world with handouts, protocols, phase one, two, and three to get through it, videos on mindset and all the other good stuff. It all comes with it. So uh, just message me and I'll get you that link if you want to pass it on to that person. What else am I doing? Um, oh yeah, I'm back in practice about 100%, 98%. So no matter where you live in the country or the world, I just went over the secret sauce. Um, if you know someone that's suffering, uh, just send them my way. And, I'll, and, I, and see, I know I can help them. That's the difference. You know, when you see people, you know, do you think you could help them? You think you could give them value? Or do you know you could give them value? You see, it all comes to that, that point. Like you see them whole uh, with you helping them. So appreciate you guys so much. Have a great day and I will see you soon.